and welcome to the latest episode of Turing's Triple Helix, the podcast channel for Scotland's AI strategy. Uh, my name is Steph Wright. I'm from the Scottish AI Alliance. And today with me, I have a fantastic guest. Uh, we have Nick Quick, tra- uh, technology journalist and filmmaker. Um, Nick's kind of circumvented, well, circumnavigated the globe presenting uh, BBC's TV show Click. So hello, Nick. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Steph. And what a marvellous introduction as well to me. I've definitely yeah, been around the globe, I think a couple of times, I think at least. But you know, it's a pleasure to be here and kind of grounded and uh, firmly back in Scotland from where I hail. Yes, absolutely. Go Scotland! (laughs) (laughs) And the reason we're here, obviously, today is that uh, you will be hosting uh, the inaugural Scottish AI Summit in a few weeks. So we thought we'll get you in and have a chat with you um, about our program, which we only launched yesterday. And uh, just thought, you know, we'll kind of like have a chat with you, see if there was anything that jumped out at you as as super interesting and, you know, um, and just your thoughts on the kind of AI scene in Scotland. Yeah. So, so okay, so let's start with the with the program itself then. So like I said, we launched it yesterday um, and uh, we're very proud of it. <laughs> we're, yeah. really, we're really, really delighted with it. And uh, so obviously a non-biased view, uh, I, I would of course be proud of it and my team, uh, but it'd be great to know your first initial reactions to yeah, it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, before I get onto that, I just want to say I'm surprised that you asked me back uh, <laughs> after last year's uh, kickoff, which is good, but you know. Um, but you know, it's a pleasure to kind of be back and hosting uh, the Scotland's AI Summit this year. And I think it's a really important time for Scotland to kind of uh, welcome eyeballs and an opportunity for us to shine a spotlight on innovation and ideas and the AI industry uh, in Scotland. And so it's great. It's great to uh, to see the agenda, which was uh, which published yesterday. And of course, I've had a, a quick squirrel through that and uh, kind of trying to dissect the various different topics and themes and what this kind of, I'd say it's more of a day, really. Initially, when I was thinking about the summit and what form it would take, I, I thought rather prejudicially that it would be perhaps maybe an hour or two. But no, this is a whole jam-packed day's extravaganza really and it's kind of chock-a-block full of different themes segments chats discussions and hands-on workshops so i think you've done a pretty good job in trying to uh take you know take the pulse on what uh where scotland is today in ai and kind of wrestle it all together and bring it into this one day event at the dynamic earth edinburgh which is a fantastic venue i remember it from my uh, my youth and my school trips there and I remember in particular, they used to have this earthquake machine that you'd stand on and it'd, it'd rattle under your, your feet. So uh, maybe we'll do it there. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> There's the iceberg too. Don't forget the iceberg. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, you touch it, don't you? And it's yeah, really you get cold, to touch it. <laughs> because we're not cold enough in Scotland. So it's good to get your tactile contact there. But yeah, no, I mean, you know, we're absolutely delighted to be able to hold the inaugural summit. I guess when we first asked you... Um, we, we were absolutely determined to have a hybrid event. And then obviously Omicron, you know, reared its ugly head. And we had a bit of a period where we were like, well, we're not sure if we'll be able to have the in-person element. But uh, but since things have hopefully been getting better, we've decided we're going to go ahead with it, which is yeah. brilliant. It, uh, I think it's going to be a party. Yeah. I, think people are, honestly, I mean, even being here today doing this podcast, is, it's great to be out and about and seeing people and having all those kind of brains and minds in the same room is going to be fab. 
Well, for all you listeners, uh, we are actually physically in a room together recording a podcast. Uh, it's the first time we've done this for Turing's Triple Helix, and it's uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm seeing Steph for the first time with my actual eye. Like, I can see her in front of me, not through a virtual screen. So, first time I was meeting, which is fab. But, anyway, um, we digress. Uh, but, but, but in terms of the, the summit, um, you know, what, what, one thing that we're particularly proud of is obviously all the contributions from our community. Um, so, just to give us listeners that we taste of how everything kind of came together is um, we, we um, invited three keynotes uh, and uh, and they kind of cover the three tenets of the strategy trustworthy ethical and inclusive but then for the rest of the content we decided you know what let's let's you know open it out to the community in Scotland and get them to submit proposals uh, and to be fair we got a much better uh, you know, response than we anticipated. Fabulous, yeah. We couldn't possibly program everything that people proposed. So the 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 final program that you see, uh, there are some sessions that are presented as is, as they were proposed, and others are kind of pulled together from various proposals into one common theme. Um, mm. And you know, we're absolutely delighted with the help that everyone has and you know and all the contributions from everyone on well, that yeah it's great i mean it shows how the you know, varied different approaches and industries that ai is touching and affecting and um sometimes it's great to involve various different people from different backgrounds different industries to bring more texture and flavor to the different uh, sessions within it so i think that's great and i think um you know last year when we talked about trustworthy ethical and inclusive um i think it's actually those three tenants kind of tenants ring more truthfully than ever before. Um, I think they have some real resonance here, especially when we think about what's going on right now in the world around trust and what can we believe that's happening, you know, in the media, but what can we believe that's happening from technology in, in the industry as well. Um, and there's a kind of a, I would almost go as far as saying, in some ways, a bit of paranoia that's going on throughout the world at the moment as well about belief and what's real and what's not. And, uh, you know, obviously there's fake news, which you can go on and on about, but then there's, you know, the notion of facts and who's facts and, you know, and why. And the thing about ethical is that it touches upon, you know, wider issues like privacy, uh, you know, tech for good, um, morality. Um, and that, the morality question is quite interesting um, because there are technology companies out there that are flourishing um, for seemingly really harmonious um, interesting, effective applications, but really we need to kind of take a step back and go, well, is it even moral for us to be maybe taking advantage of the consumer in some ways through different AIs? Is AI getting too good? It's kind of like if you imagine us playing a game of chess, the game of chess in life, um, if life was a game of chess, basically. It's kind of like, do you want to be playing against someone like, you know, yourself and ISEF in this room? Or do we want to be playing against a computer that's always going to win? I mean, where's the fun in that? And where, you know, so that's really interesting. And then also when we look at inclusivity, um, which is such a, a huge issue, and it's something that I guess as we get, you know, more uh, understanding of different people from different cultures, and um, people that are, you know, I guess taking what the other is and trying to make it more like all of us. And I think. That is really interesting because AI, I guess, up to now has kind of struggled when it comes to race, religion, gender, all these different kind of sensitive um, uh, areas. I guess they're of vital importance that we need to address and come up with technologies that kind of fix that and solve these issues. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, AI 
to you know has a massive potential to be like hugely beneficial to everyone but it really needs to be for everyone as opposed to you know a sub subsector of everyone uh and and you know uh the unspoken is everyone knows what that subsector is right and and the inclusivity kind of uh you know topic is definitely a very prevalent one and we'll be having some discussions around that yeah and, and i also just say Steph, i think that um you know a lot overall in the ai industry um We've kind of been focusing, I say we, the AI industry has been focusing on a lot of kind of problem solving. What are the issues? How can we rectify and, and you know, solve it and say, right, that's it. Let's move on to the next challenge. But there's now more of a growing movement that I'm kind of witnessing from my perspective about people that are kind of asking questions as opposed to trying to find solutions, trying to find answers about asking the question and then using questioning as a method to actually improve artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And it, it's all about you know, collaboration as well. You know, the, the kind of ethos of the Scottish AI Alliance, uh, who are you know, tasked with the delivery of the strategy is around you know, being open and transparent and collaborative about everything that we do. And, uh, and, and that's part of the thing that fuels how we put the program together as well. You know, beyond our keynotes, um, you know, there, there are no single presenter sessions, uh, essentially. Uh, everything is a panel or a workshop. And, uh, and you know, we're encouraging most participants to really not give presentations because it's about, you know, prompting conversations, prompting discussions around all these key topics around trustworthy, ethical and inclusive AI. That's right. I mean, I think when people attend an event like this, they don't just want to be sat, you know, back in their seat and listening to a wave of, of jargon or even, dare I say, death by PowerPoint, which is such an overused term. It's unbelievable. I can't believe I've just dropped it's that true, though. But, yeah, well, it's true. It's, uh, 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 yeah, equally, people go on about it and then they just do it anyway, which is just absurd. But anyway, um, but yeah, I think this is an opportunity for people to, you know, to actually get something real back from this event and get engaged, build uh, your network, um, you know, maybe you could even come away with some great ideas uh, how to implement it in your industry or just as a guess, as a consumer, understand a bit more about AI as well. And I think the fact that you've kind of opened it up so it's not just a presentation, it's not just a panel discussion, but there's kind of chats, there's discussions, there's uh, workshops as well that people can get, you know, their hands on and kind of uh, really learn from people that have maybe established themselves or have really sat down and thought about this. I think that's really great. And also the fact that you're opening up this, uh, the dialogue to people in the audience as well. I know there's going to be like Q&As throughout each different session. Uh, for the people that are not only in the room but also is at home, I think is fab as well. I also, you know, I, you know, talking about hybrid, people go, oh, we don't want to do hybrid events, but actually, it's quite good that you're also reaching people that can't be there in person on the day that may not be able to make it there for whatever reason, especially at these uncertain times. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, what, one thing the pandemic has kind of sh- shown is that events have become much more accessible for a whole lot of people, and I think the the old days of, you know. <laughs> flying somewhere to attend a conference and then flying back it's just not sustainable and the you know the level of quality and provision and you know functionality in virtual platforms these days are fantastic and and you know ultimately you know physical events are restricted by capacity Uh, but virtual events aren't anyone can enjoy uh, enjoy an event participate in an event get involved in the conversations from everywhere that being said can't wait to get into the room yeah absolutely (laughs) well yeah can't wait to get into the room virtual and in person oh here we go go. (laughs) but you know like like you said you know with the conversations that happen at the event we're really hoping that 
you know, collaborations blossom, new new work relationships, uh, new personal relationships with people after that. But, you know, it's kind of just getting people to meet, talk, and hopefully, you know, build things, you know, carry on the discussions beyond, you know, carry it on into a collaboration, carry it on into a project, you know, into a product even. You never know. Something might, you know, trigger someone and go, aha, I've got an idea for, you know, a new thing. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, looking at like the agenda, you've got quite a good mix of uh, people from various different backgrounds. So you've got government, you've got policy, you've got, you've even got, you know, uh, the Scotland police, right? Um, and then you've also got academics, you've got startup founders, you've got a real mix of people there um, who may not actually meet really on a day-to-day or work or professional basis ever. Like I don't think I've ever sat down with someone who's in charge of uh, data for uh, the police force, for instance. So that's going to be great. And the thing is, it's a great opportunity for people to be in the same room with people that they ordinarily might just hear uh, from on the TV or in a press release or something like that. You know, you've got government ministers there and people of real authority that are in that space. So that'll be really exciting as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, not not to put a downer on virtual, because obviously we've all been virtual. Well, a lot of us, especially in the sector, have been virtual, uh, you know, in the last two years. But sometimes you just can't replace being in the same room with someone uh and and that kind of you know what kind of conversations that sparks you know and uh and i think you know lots of people are looking forward to returning uh another thing i say as well is that body language goes a long way as well and um, so the problem with being online is that you just can't take those cues from people and i think it's going to be a more lively discussion than we've seen from from last year as well yeah i hope so uh you know no one can see flappy hands right like, <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah i mean let's Let's talk a little bit more about the program uh, without giving it away, obviously. Um, but, um, but you know, you've, you've had a quick look. Uh, are there any particular sessions that kind of jump out you, uh, you know, that as being of particular personal interest, I guess? Um, obviously, there's, we're hoping that there's something for everyone there. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I think that one of the, uh, the panel uh, sessions in particular, which is focusing on startups and getting them and running. I think it's really good that um, startups get the support that they, they need in this space because in many ways I think that's one of the major problems when we look at trying to foster innovation. It's just people have got great ideas, they've got the brain power, they've got the connections but it's just getting them supported and I think Scotland actually traditionally has been very good at that. What I'm really interested in seeing though from my perspective is whether or not it can, can sustain that support over uh, a period of time. And also, in my opinion, I think that that is, and I shouldn't have an opinion here, but also my, I guess, my experience would be that a lot of companies and startups might get up and running off the ground and receive a big chunk of funding, but they just don't have that longevity and that level of support that's needed and required. And they, and I think a way of getting around that, I guess, is to establish deeper connections and uh, better connections with industry leaders and people that really, I guess have got the clout in the space, the financial backing. So it's not just that they're getting support from grants or the government, but they actually have real industry partners that can take them all the way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, some some of the issues you just um, mentioned were kind of covered in uh, 
the Scottish Tech Ecosystem Review, you know, uh, authored by Mark Logan. Um, and, you know, and all the recommendations are currently being taken forward. So, uh, so yeah, absolutely. Um, any other particular well, sessions that, you know, appeal to you? Well, yes, <laughs> Hopefully indeed. all of well, it, of well, course. Well, yeah, all of them are really interesting. <laughs> but I think uh, ones that kind of really stick out to me is when we, and I don't know if it's because it's very topical at the moment or that there's been a lot of kind of, uh, sticking points, controversy, or whatever, but I love that stuff. But anyway, it's in the med tech space, right? So, obviously, looking at that, innovation in AI is hugely important. You're seeing amazing scientific discoveries happening because of artificial intelligence, the role that's playing in scientific research and development. If we think about vaccines and uh, pharmaceutical, you know, pills and drugs that can really help solve huge uh, world crises, then it's amazing, and AI is opening and unlocking the door to so many different uh, medical um, innovations and in research in kind of gene therapy and all that, you know, that area. And basically, every time that we talk about uh, an illness or a condition, AI is kind of has a role in, I guess, um, coming up with a, a a solution to help alleviate that. You look at cancer and and scans. Uh, look at the way in which AI has been used and also diabetes monitoring and things like that. I think this this session, this this will be really meaty and it's a real tough cookie to crack as well. And so I think it's almost brave that we're taking this on because it should be a really vibrant and interesting discussion here. Um, we've seen in the media how, you know, there have been a kind of letdowns when it comes to things like... Um, devices which have been kind of uh, developed that actually don't fit everyone because they haven't been, you know, uh, looked at when they look at training the data set or they look at training the AI or they're using biased data or whatever. Um, but it's not just the software, it's also the hardware as well, which I think is quite interesting. A, a good example of this, which is not medical, of course, is the uh, is, is NASA and their developing of their space suits. Uh, when back in the day, they were all, you know, geared towards a, a man mm -hmm. and, the, and the male physique. But the problem there is, is that, um, you know, women weren't really taken into consideration at all. So when you had female astronauts wearing these suits, they really weren't ergonomically designed for them in any way. It wasn't taken into account their physicality. And that's a real issue because their lives are on the line, right? It's not just, oh, well, you know, it didn't fit me and that's fine. I'll like wave that off. It's a huge risk there. And so really interesting issue. Can't wait to hear more and more about that. I also can't wait to hear about the success stories in the med tech space. One of which actually, a story I covered last year here in Edinburgh was about a text-to-speech technology, a speech synthesis tool that's used for people who suffer from motor neuron disease. And... There, it's taking someone's voice and using artificial intelligence to bank it and replicate that. So once they do lose their voice eventually, which is obviously very sad uh, and is a huge tragic loss for them, they can actually keep their voice alive and be able to communicate more openly uh, and be able to communicate better with their loved ones once they lose that physical ability. So, you know, we're not saying, oh, this is, this is evil or a danger. We're saying there's real challenges here, but there's a, such a great and vast opportunity uh, where AI can play a vital role in the development of the medical space. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the potential for AI in healthcare is is vast, but I think, you know, the, the session we've pulled together is trying to, you know, kind of tease out some of the challenges around, you know, the whole concept of trustworthy, ethical, and inclusive in AI, uh, in, sorry, in healthcare, because the stakes are high, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and, and it's also touched upon in another of the sessions around explainable AI, uh, because yeah, you know, that, yeah. explainability 
can mean different things in different stakes scenarios. Uh, so I think it, it, it is definitely something that will be kind of seeded throughout a lot of the sessions, actually. I think inherently as well, when it comes to looking at uh, using patient data, you have um, a real a natural focus towards privacy. And, and because of that, then trust. So it in itself is a very kind of heated topic. And it's, you know, the subject matter in itself is very, uh, it lends itself to kind of that uh, extra scrutiny, shall we say. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the conversations around that, or especially around <laughs> healthcare, obviously justifies entire conferences, to be honest. And there's issues going on in there right now. So, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what? Uh, we're we're very delighted with our keynotes specifically, you know, and uh, and um, and just wondering if if you were familiar with any of them and and what you thought of their key uh, of the topics, um, because you know as we as I mentioned earlier, we like we ideally think that our three keynotes cover trustworthy, ethical, and inclusive. So, uh, for example, Iraqli uh, Baritze from the UN, uh, he he'll be kind of looking at the kind of trustworthy side of things in terms of you know. Uh, criminal uh, justice and um, crime enforcement, yeah. law enforcement. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, Professor Virginia Dignam uh, will be covering the trustworthy end of things. And Professor Anna Lou Waller uh, from University of Dundee will obviously be talking about inclusivity, which will then lead into our final session of the day, which is a, a panel about how can we make AI inclusive. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's just a great no, your thoughts. Well, no, I think Iraqli is a great guy. I think it's, uh, you know, a huge figure when it comes to you know AI and you know from the UN and um, originally when I heard that he was being involved in this, I actually thought it had something to do with more with like I guess humanitarian issues or something in the world of robotics. Uh, but actually here he's talking about um, crime prevention and policing and things like that. And the thing is, AI is being used in really novel ways when it comes to fighting crime, like we've seen over in Chicago in the states. Um, AI that can almost predict when a crime's going to happen. It's like right? Minority Report. It is a bit like Minority oh. Report. And we've covered that on Click. Future Mar crime. Yeah, March has like, did a great report over in Chicago a couple of years ago about that very issue and what that meant. And do you start arresting people before? And anyway, or you can just watch the Tom Cruise movie. I don't address it. Other movies are available. Anyway, so there, uh, you know, that's really interesting. I think that the um, when it comes to um, AI being used to fight crime, there's also incredible stuff happening. <sighs> within social media and in social networks. And one one group of people who I filmed with before at Click was Facebook's forensic lab, where they study and go through their social network for any sort of crime that's on there. And that has been, up until recently, a physical manual process. But now they've trained an AI to do it. And instead of one person sitting there for hours, they can analyze tens of thousands of records in place of one human in the space of like an hour or something like this. But yeah, and I think looking at the, your other keynote, Annalee, I mean, Professor Annalee Waller is, is fantastic. I've had her on one of my shows before where we did Click Live at the v &A in Dundee, which is very proud of. It's fabulous the work she's doing because she's looking at how AI should be developed to suit everyone, not just someone in particular. And obviously when we had her on the show a couple of years ago, she actually demonstrated her pioneering text-to-speech technology where she was really helping people who again you know didn't have uh, a strong voice or found it particularly difficult to to speak 
be able to communicate much more rapidly and really to bring them up to the same level of conversation because we need people and we need everyone involved mm-hmm. in this conversation, not just a select few. Yeah, absolutely. And and after Annalise keynote, she'll be joining us for our final panel about inclusivity, uh, along with um, uh, we have Marissa Shop from uh, Women in AI, uh, and we have um, we have uh, speakers from um, Datakirk uh, and also Code Your Future, uh, who are both charities that work with you know um, an underrepresented groups essentially in terms of data and digital skills. Yeah, and they're kind of working really like they're working on the ground now to yeah. kind of advance all those different areas. Um, so yeah, fab. Get them all together. Let's work this out. <laughs> yes, but we're going to solve all the world's problems at the summit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a one-stop shop, yeah, really. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, like I said, we're we're super excited for like you know for all our guests to come. Uh, we have some uh, you know participating virtually, uh, such as uh, we ha- we have a speaker Kay from uh, well Economic Forum who's who's dialing in from San Francisco. It'll be very early for her, so we're we're delighted she's decided to join us. Um, it's the sacrifices we make. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, uh, but you know we'll have a lot of people in you know in situ at the Dynamic Earth. Our in-person tickets have actually been sold out for weeks now. Um, mm, wow. And uh, we have a massive waiting list. And the thing is about Dynamic Earth is if you just sit on Arthur's seat and you look really hard, you might see in through to the conference. So if you don't have a ticket, just just congregate there. I'm sure that'll be fine. <laughs> just sign up online and then, you know, watch it from outside, from Arthur's seat, <laughs> from this, some, from Salisbury Crags. Uh, but, you know, it's... Second a, <laughs> screen viewing. <laughs> it's a free event, um, you know, and so, uh, like I said... In-person tickets are sold out. Uh, we still have lots of availability online, of course. We'd love for people to join us. We also have two fantastic event partners bringing a little extra something to the physical event. Um, uh, we, we've already kind of announced a National Robotarium. They'll be they'll be on site mm. with us uh, with some uh, pretty cool robots, I believe, uh, to show you know the potential for robots, uh, you know, uh, AI-powered robots uh, to improve to improve uh, you know, people's everyday lives. Um, and we also have a partner in the new reel uh, around uh, AI art. Uh, so they'll be, uh, mm, they'll be uh, talking to us about some of their stuff on site as well. Um, but more details to follow, of course. Um, but, but yeah, so you know, I think to bring us to a close, how about you just tell us the one thing you're really, really oh, looking forward to? Oh, hold on. I've unspotted you. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm looking forward to getting in the room with everyone and kind of just talking through these very real important issues. And I think that um, it's going to be great that it's not just, you know, one or two hours. It's an all-day thing. And that there are multiple simultaneous sessions happening. So you can kind of duck in and out of various ones, right? Um, and you can too can get involved. So if you've got issues or questions that you want to put to the people that you think you're watching that and you're going, this isn't what I signed up for, then ask the question, divert the conversation, like let us know what you want to discuss and we will try to address that as best as we can. And we will. We absolutely will. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, Nick, for joining me today. Um, And I will see you again in, in a few weeks time, which is exciting at Dynamic Earth. And we hope to see lots of you listeners there online or in person. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.